Remember to become a member by subscribing at our website at www.everythingu.com for discounts of 10 to 40% off everything on our website. So for a dollar a month, it's $12 a year. Not only do you support the podcast, but with your membership discount, you'll be getting discounts, especially from our sponsors, cheaper than you'll find at Amazon, better prices than you'll find at on Amazon. So become a member, go to www.everythingu.com and uh, screw Amazon. Get it from us for cheaper. What's up, you nerds? This episode is for all you nerds out there. My guest, Professor Hura Marik, is an assistant professor of microbiology at the University of Washington in the Department of Health and Sciences with a focus on DNA replication, mutagenesis, and evolution. Professor Marik did something unique in the field of science. She made a genuine scientific discovery that changed all previous perceptions. You want to know what it is she did? Are you ready? You ready? Her research into the mutagenic nature of co-directional gene collisions was revolutionary in the field and won her the 2016 Vilicek Prize for Creative Promise in Biomedical Science. Basically, Professor Marie discovered that mechanisms by which the evolution of specific genes through duplication and expression could be controlled or accelerated. Did you follow all that? Uh, If you did, it took all of my restraint to not ask her how far away we were from scientifically being able to create X-Men. But instead, we discuss the many complications uh, that get in the way of actual medical research, including gender and power structures, uh, the authorities that hold the purse strings, and all those other, other things that are beneath the surface that the rest of us don't see that impede actual scientific exploration uh, and really take time away from the actual lab work that is what progresses science to move forward. So enjoy the episode and don't feel bad if listening to Professor Marie makes you feel stupid. Uh, she does that to all of us. Enjoy. If you listen closely, you can hear the voices. You can hear them whisper the legacy to you. Go on, lean in. From somewhere deep inside the evergreen forests of the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> Everything you know is wrong. Wrong, sir. Wrong. With Jeremy Horn. You're an inhuman monster. I said good day. Well, welcome. Welcome to the Treetop Tavern. Yeah. What do thanks you think? Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, of course. It's pretty awesome. Right? It's <laughs> <laughs> definitely different. Very different than you expected, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Once you got inside, you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> this is very, this is very It's different. very cozy. It, it is, right? Yeah. 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 I wasn't really sure what to expect. <laughs> yeah. And it's some good. It's summertime. It's surprisingly cool. because it's Yeah, uh, it's really nice in and here. The, yeah, it gets cold in winter. That's why we have the... Oh, still, in the winter, yeah. It gets yeah. real cozy. We throw in some You guys rugs. use it year-round? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We throw down some rugs and play some video games. It gets, nice. <laughs> it gets pretty crazy. comfortable. Very comfortable, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a big treehouse kind of person, but... But now when you see... I'm kind, kind of, of into this. It's starting to come around, right? Yeah. <laughs> Especially <laughs> with the bar. And <laughs> tree Top never does it. Yeah, when you have all the amenities. <laughs> Got a full treehouse. Well, tell us uh, what you do. Tell us about your background. Oh, yeah. So, um professional background or personal background what do you want to know so let's start with professional all right so because i have specific questions oh yeah okay (laughs) you have a plan yep um so yeah so i i was sort of not really into science in high school um and didn't really ever think i'd get into it but then in college everything changed and late in college actually it was my junior year um I got exposed to some really interesting biochemistry in class and then went into the lab and fell in love with it and sort of like, this is what I want to do forever. That's interesting. Do you remember a specific catalyst? Like, you remember one particular experiment or one uh, particular... It was sort of experiment? just learning about how enzymes function okay. and the kinetics. <laughs> it was like, whoa, this Whole is really cool. Yeah. yeah, it really kind of changed my view of lots of different things, actually. Um, sounds on every crazy. level. Yeah, you start to look on, at everything yeah, from that everything perspective. Yeah, everything differently. Right? Absolutely. Yep. Um, so yeah, I was sort of from there. I went on and um, did a little bit of research, and eventually decided that's what I wanted to do. And so then I moved. This was I was in Texas, um, of all places, and <laughs> <laughs> went from there to Boston and started working as a technician in a lab, um, doing plant genetics. And and then after that, I went to graduate school at Brandeis, mm-hmm. um, and there I got into bacteria and DNA and. <laughs> Um, and from there I decided to keep working on that topic, which I thought was so exciting and, uh, ended up going to MIT to do a postdoc and, uh, I discovered some really cool stuff there. And then from there, um, it was a very short postdoc, uh, about a year and a half, two years. I ended up in Seattle. Nice. <laughs> it was very quick. All very of a sudden quick. I had a lab. And I'm, That's how it happens. Yeah. yeah. 
Did yeah. you, did anybody guide you or did you, it sounds like you were always like looking for the next thing? Uh, next yeah, I'm project, pretty driven. Next, okay. Yeah. I mean, I had a lot of really great mentorship all for sure, the, yeah. you know, on how to do good Those science. are all great places. You're going to find the best yeah, minds I can I got really lucky. Very I mean, lucky. I, I got really cool mentors, very excited about science and just good people. And so that makes a big difference. Okay. Yeah. And then the, uh, the, 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 the Vilcek prize, was that something that you applied for? Is that something that they... Award. I I technically applied for it, but okay. I was you know I was told that I should apply for it. By you were my on the chair. radar, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I, I was told to apply for it, and I sort of did. I honestly didn't think I'd get it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was a total <laughs> surprise. <laughs> I got a phone call from Jan Vilcek that just like he left a message. We were on vacation, and the plan uh, the plane landed, and I answered my phone and or checked my voicemail, and it was like. I need to talk to you about the Vilcek Prize. I was like, oh my God, <laughs> what do you want to do say? I need to, do I need to refill the paperwork? <laughs> did I, did I put my what num- did I do? I actually, I screwed yeah. up the first application you- <laughs> once a year. And the previous year, I didn't realize I needed recommendation letters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I applied and I went to push submit and it was like, you're missing the letters. And I thought, oh my God, today's the deadline. So I actually failed. I failed yeah, at applying exactly, yeah. the first time. <laughs> Yeah, I did that once. I had, a, I had a, something awarded to me once one time, and they're like, uh, "Mr. Ho, we need to speak with you." I'm like, "I'm already in trouble. I just I haven't even started yet. I just applied. What did I do? I'm already in detention. All my yeah, childhood memories of <laughs> came flooding back to me." Yeah, <laughs> like, no, no. this is true. But that's that's the best way to get it. I've heard so many stories like that where people are like, "No, I was in the middle of vacation. I was in the middle of like a yeah. family barbecue." And you're like, "Excuse me, what?" Yeah, yeah no, it was great. it was amazing. I mean, it started a whole. Uh, wave of just crazy cool things coming my way and so yeah now you have more uh more tools available to do what you're trying to do and advance that yeah it really made a big difference so it was a natural progression of of, like you said working enzymes and chemistry to suddenly suddenly looking at dna and saying like wait this is such a critical component of everything and that's where you began to heart focus all your yeah i tend to sort of go back to the basics okay and the more i learn about the basics the more i want to learn about you know well what caused that and what caused that thing (laughs) so you just kind of keep digging a hole isn't that funny because of so many like well-respected authorities that i talk to all the time people are always like what's the newest thing what's the hottest thing everyone wants to know what's oh yeah so that was my my you know I always felt like if you go after the hottest thing, it's not going to be hot anymore. Yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> so, all people ask me. Yeah. So this is, you know, a blessing and a curse because, yeah. you know, I, I stuck to the very basics, right? Yep. DNA is, I mean, DNA yep. replication is an old field and yep. it's been studied for 50 years by a lot of, you know, old white men. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the foundations. And, and yeah. you know, they, they think they figured it all out, but, you know, now we're finding all these new things and... I was, you know, told, you know, don't go into this old field, you know, everything's already known. And I still actually fight that battle today. I'll bet. But it's considered an old relic field yeah. that it's like, eh, there's so many new microbes. Yeah. No. But, you know, it's it, there's so much we don't know. And that's the amazing part. So we've stuck to that. And um, I'm really glad I did. With with so many applications to what you've what you found on uh, just the 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 the, the the transmutations and different different ways that genes express themselves. Uh, the there's applications in, down the line for cancer research, for cell replication, but also micro. Again, so many hospitals are just devastated by MRSA. I, I don't know if you've been to a clinic recently, but I spend a lot of time in <laughs> clinics and hospitals. Oh yeah, it's like going to a children's school. It's embarrassing. It's like they have yeah. nurses because so many clients are nurses, right? So I have a huge, huge clientele of nurses, and I think I'm constantly sharing information with them. Mm-hmm. And so the last time I went to a hospital to visit a, a patient of mine, uh, I I couldn't believe that they had like checklists on the wall of like who's washing their hands the best. Oh, you, get to, you get you yeah. get or you get a, a gift certificate I'm to totally Chili's. I'm totally anti-washing hands. It's crazy. <laughs> Except for certain circumstances. Well, that's the thing is, is we've taken it to the extreme. We've gone to antibacterial it's totally soap. totally unnecessary. Im- impair the body's ability. At, at a time, it was. For, for a couple hundred years ago, it, it was absolutely devastating hospitals. Well, now we've got a better handle on things and we're forcing mm-hmm. these things to mutate faster. And they've been warning us for years, yeah. decades, and nobody cares. That's why when I found you, I thought it was interesting. I was like, interesting. Here's where we're actually going back to yeah. being like, whoa, 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 let's stop the growth of these things. Let's- well, yeah, I mean, the perspective actually is, is you know, what we're doing is sort of changing that perspective. I mean, people sort of thought that, you know, mutation rates are the same all across and, you know, you can't really accelerate mutagenesis. And so we've always known about selection, right? right. So you, know, you have some population of bacteria and you have some mutants in there. And then the idea is sort of like, okay, there's a selection for the guys that have a mutation that makes them resistant to an antibiotic. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But what we're saying is it's not that simple. Actually, the conditions under which the cells live through transcription, through expressing their genes differently, what you were saying, um, can actually accelerate their evolution. And so um, that kind of changes everything. Yeah. So then, you know, what you're doing really matters more than you thought. The whole paradigm shifts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. Well, that's the problem. Everything in our culture is obsessed with disproving negatives, not proving positives. That's right. So, I mean. It's a null hypothesis. This exactly. is a problem. Yeah. So, and your background is you're originally from? I'm from Iran. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So my family's Korean. Right? Yeah, yeah. So Asia has a different perspective, on, a, a completely different. So like Qi doesn't have a direct translation. Mm-hmm. And yet and sure. yet we have application for circulation and this and that, but yeah. there's no direct. So it's the same idea of anti-aging in this country is code for fraud. If you hear anti-aging anyway, <laughs> anti-aging cream, anti-aging medication, anti-aging nutrient, uh, assume it's fraud. That's We yeah. all know that, right? Right now. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, exactly. Until <laughs> it's we, not forever. Until we get to those frontiers, right? In, 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 from, from an Asian perspective, uh, anti-aging has a different connotation. It's uh, um, we all age. The second you're born, you age, right? Yeah. So in Asia, it's like you want to you wanna look great and feel great. So in Asia, give me something anti-aging that's going to help me maintain my joints. It's going to help mm-hmm, me maintain my skin mm-hmm, and look good mm-hmm. into my 70s, 80s, 90s, mm-hmm. right? So the concept of anti-aging is very is is more for, uh, forward-thinking and positive versus here. Right. It's just kind of like, oh my God, I've made a mistake. I said smoked <laughs> cigarettes for 10 years and sat in the sun every day and now I'm paying for yeah. it. Can you magically reverse this? So it's a completely different stance of its aging. And I feel like it's the same thing with, with, with gene expression. The way we've looked at it is almost like we want to harness things. We want to control things as opposed to, well, just kind of let things... Uh, uh, change and progress as they would happen as long as you can kind of guide it. Whereas here we're like, no, we have to control it. We have to mm-hmm. make it, you have to make the gene do this. It's like, well, or mix and match. And- well, so, you know, that's sort of partially true and partially not. In some ways, um, it's, it's, a, it's a little bit the opposite, actually, from the perspective of sort of the evolutionary scientists, um, as I found out. Um, sort of they, the common favored model is that you know everything is passive and there's mm-hmm. nothing you can do about it yep. and it just is the way it is yep. and so then when you sort of look at it with this different perspective of actually you can maybe there is some control in there you know um the way that the cells have evolved they've evolved in a way to actually control things um better and it's just a random process they happen to you know nature happened to select for things that worked better mm-hmm. and working better can mean you know being able to evolve faster but if you can um, adjust it it's kind of like when you have two uh damaged cells they split to four to eight and then exponentially become uh, melanoma or whatever right? right if you take those two damaged cells and make them healthy for mm-hmm. it you never see the results of that so yeah. it happened at this at this cellular you know uh microscopic level that you never see the re- results of which mm-hmm. so that's the application that i saw for what you were doing mm-hmm. is how you can like you said almost like a, a guide or adjust those streams so it's like yeah connect this to this and suddenly now you've got these two healthy things suddenly moving and changing. Yeah. So I mean, it's, it's sort of, you know, looking at things in a different way and new perspective, which I mean, is the hardest thing to do. What was... I was saying before, you know, replication is an old field and so is transcription. And the two of them are taught, you know, separately in the textbook. Yep. Right. So you teach the students, here's replication and here's transcription, but then they're both happening on DNA. Right. Yeah. So, they're in the same place. So actually, we're teaching them separately, but they're together. So what I mean, the perspective on all this comes from being able to see that very simple idea, right? Yeah, that they're both on DNA. And, you know, the interface of the two turns out to have all these cool consequences. And that's what we're studying. But one of the consequences happened to be this evolutionary um, effect, which uh, has so many implications. When we talk about aging, you know, you're talking about Cancer is basically an aging disease, right? I mean, talking about cancer, you're talking about aging, you're talking about antibiotic resistance development, all of these things that are super important and, you know, figuring out sort of how all that works and, you know, where is all this going, really? The point is we have to understand the basics. Mm-hmm. So this is this is where I come in and this is where I face resistance. Yeah. Because people that study cancer or aging, you know, they... Um, they sort of see it as that's the problem we need to solve, whereas... I see it from a completely different perspective, and I say, well, we need to understand how the cells really work. Right. What is, the, what are the basic mechanisms? You know, how do they make the mutations that lead to cancer? Mm-hmm. Whereas most people say, well, okay, you have cancer, how do we fix it? Right. Right. So, and there are a lot of people that work on sort of preventing cancer, but going even deeper into that hole that I mentioned earlier, you know, like how do you get the mutations that then give you cancer mm-hmm. is a whole other level of questioning and how they actually express themselves yeah yeah i have a client of mine that um uh he's a gastroenterologist and and just like you said it's bizarre that these two things are taught separately yeah you know what i mean yeah i've yeah. been to i've been to like black tie affairs and watching neurologists and a cardiologist 
argue like 10 year olds just fight like children <laughs> like, you don't see the interplay i don't yeah. i'm out of this conversation i don't want to get yeah. to know either one of you better if you yeah. can't understand the human brain the human are, are different organs and function differently and yeah. each other yeah. otherwise the body dies well this is a problem people yeah. don't see each other's perspectives right and they science. don't want to look at it's they don't even want to look at the other person's perspective no it's absurd. And, and they get offended if it's different yeah. from yours it's a little bit religious it is it's very bizarre <laughs> it's offended it's like why would you not want to look over show and be like what are you working on cool you know yeah, what i mean no, isn't that the nature like, of science oh, you're trying to grow the the common understanding of yeah what i mean it's, instead of appreciating a different perspective people often resist it especially if they're they're senior yep you know they resist that so exactly i so i, I try to explain this to a client mine is a, a gastroenterologist and he's a good old boy from texas right so mm-hmm. he's a big 200 pound uh he uh is now vegetarian he's been vegetarian for six years right mm-hmm. and he said growing up in texas i never in a million years thought i'd be a vegetarian mm-hmm. do you know what i mean mm-hmm. but after watching disease colon after disease colon so he's like i didn't get into gastroenterology to diagnose people with cancer all day i did not know this is what i was going to medical school for right and it's depressing you know what i mean it's yeah. shifted. and so uh him and another uh he introduced me to another one after and i didn't tell him you should go vegetarian he was like i can't look at another diseased colon right so then i got another client from an, another medical department and he said i think you're worth talking to i was like okay and so he has a family history of diabetes and he's like i exercise this and i said the same thing i go you may have that genetic predisposition mm-hmm. that doesn't mean you get diabetes so right. if you mitigate these things and you can control the way your cells and your your dna yeah. operates like the key there is predisposition <laughs> yep exactly right <laughs> yeah. and so he go, and so for both of them the exact same thing the, the gastroenterologist he went back to see his family it's his wife's from seattle right so he went back mm-hmm. to Texas and he orders these veg- veggie burgers on the grill, right? And so his <laughs> oh, family boy. are all, all, all like, you know, are heavy, right? And, yeah. and they all have, you know what I mean? They're like, you and your hippie ways and blah, 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 yeah. right? And so, uh, um, and he said they're all making fun of him. And I'm like, meanwhile, they're heavy. And he's a doctor. He's the only one in the family that's a doctor. Right, you know no, what I mean? And they're like... overweight, making fun of him. I'm like, what can you do? So he lost 50 pounds, about 50 pounds, right? Mm-hmm. Over the course of the next couple of years, then he came back to, uh, you know, one time he's like, he, uh, um, and I've, I've watched his progression over a couple of years, a friend of mine, right? But then he's, he comes back and he said, I went to a, a family barbecue, right? And I brought my veggie. So he's like four, four pack veggie packs. He's like, I eat one, the other three go in the trash. Right? <laughs> right? And so he's like, this time he said all of his nieces and nephews noticed, look who's 50 pounds lighter than mm-hmm. the last time we saw him. Yeah, you know what I mean, Uncle, right. Uncle Frank's fifty pounds lighter. I mean, the new generation will learn. Right? They're starting this to learn ex- exactly. Yeah. That's why you and I are trying to push these these ideas out there, so mm-hmm. that it's like, hey, not for us, but eventually our kids and grandkids will be yeah. like, this will be commonplace and normal. And so he said they were like, yeah, I'm gonna try one of those veggie burgers. Like, oh, yeah. okay. So they start trying them. There you go. Next thing you know, somebody in the family has to do like a twenty minute grocery run to Win Dixie <laughs> to go get more <laughs> oh veggie God. burgers. You know what I mean, right? And you know they're gonna be fresh from Win Dixie. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> the one brand that they carry, right? Yeah. And this, uh, and that's how. So again, it's his brothers. And sisters you're not gonna change their mind they've already decided what and it's the younger kids that are going like interesting i do notice that the only person in my family who's a doctor is the only one that's in shape and we've watched Mm -hmm. him change over time we've watched his whole body change and this and that yeah i mean it's really nice to see the new generation sort of changing the way that they think you know right about diet and all these things and all this information that's coming in now. I mean, and like you like said, you're bringing are... it back to basics where you go, no, we can monitor this. We can watch these changes. You yeah. can see this in front of your face, but also here it is right here. Yeah. I mean, you can lab. really figure out how these things work and you can really see them. And it's so exciting to see it. Yeah. Um, Which of those areas do you think has the most application? Which areas? And of... I'm only, and I'm curious because like, I'm terrified of disease. You know? Oh. Because <laughs> I'm, because <laughs> I feel like, yeah, certain, I'm always just like uh, the hot zone. You know that book, The Hot Zone? No. About the first E. coli, uh, oh, Ebola the hot... breakouts. And the, yeah, 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 the hot zone. Yeah. And, and how close we are to like a uh, 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 Black Plague, Armageddon. Yeah, I mean, they bugs. always do those things. But I mean, the truth is, it, up, it yeah. is, it is a problem. So, I mean, one of the things that's really underappreciated, um, which I learned a lot more about since working with the Gates Foundation. Um, is antibiotic resistance. So what we don't know in this country because, you know, we're rich and we can afford expensive antibiotics is that, you know, um, the rest of the world is not doing so hot. I mean, some places in the world, infant mortality rates are up to 60%, which is crazy. And it's simply because of an antibiotic resistant um, bug that the infants catch as soon as they're born. There is no running water in these hospitals. Um, And so what people kind of don't see, I think, at this point here in the U.S. is, um, that that's the problem that's going to spread. Exactly. And, you know, the UK actually has put in a lot of um, money into sort of figuring out what's going to happen. And what they see is that, you know, in 50 years, uh, the deaths from resistant infections is going to far surpass cancer. Yeah. And so 
you know, people are really excited about cancer and, you know, the, there's a lot of research going on and the all NIH. All it takes for that tide to turn yeah. a little bit. Yeah, but, it, you know, it, the projections all say that that's all where we're going. Yep. So the application there for us to figure out, you know, all the basics of how resistance comes up, um, you know, at the level of the DNA and really the very basic levels um, is the application is there is can we prevent that? I mean, we can see 50 years out. So it's kind of stupid not to yeah, try to... Yeah focus on that right yeah. and still think about well today cancer is a problem so let's work on cancer it's like no but what about like tomorrow yeah yeah <laughs> right? when every organization agrees that this is going to be the new frontier right of problems, but they yet, don't actually and yet everyone's like, this yeah. is a problem the yep. u.s is not quite caught up yet we the nih culture, is not caught up oh yeah our culture know. our culture waits until something becomes a problem everything in our culture is reactive but also like the decision makers right? right you know what are the problems they see they see cancer yeah. they don't see resistance yeah right they don't see it's hard to look in the future it's you want to see yeah yeah i mean results. they see their neighbor who's probably another wealthy person and you if know, you need to get a grant <laughs> if yeah exactly if you need to get a grant stuff like that you need yeah. to focus on what's attention now yeah. not what people are looking at and later. you know again and then it goes back to like yes there are they are funding some antibiotic resistance research stuff that they're not but again the perspective is well how do we cure it it's not right. how do we prevent not it exactly right so for me my perspective the application is can we prevent this in the first place we should be focusing focusing completely yeah. on preventing it as yeah well this is the, the the perspective and you know i've heard things like oh this is too high up in the air and you know, this is a crazy idea but it's not you know that's not the way it is to everyone yeah. so we actually got funding to work on this which is really exciting and the people that funded us were you know it's the gates foundation who's right. very forward-thinking right um and are willing to take these chances yep. for something really different yeah and taking a different approach to that Pe- problem people always think i'm like a chest thumping doomsayer i'm like i don't want this to be true i'm just telling <laughs> you, i'm trying to warn you i'm trying to help you out yeah, right exactly that i've been saying these types of things for years is because the people that i that i get resistance from are always like yeah but yeah but yeah but yeah but i'm like time yeah. out remember Remember we, uh, uh, DDT on mosquitoes? It's all within our lifetime. This yeah, is not yeah. like new concepts. This has happened very, very recently. It's yeah. almost like forgetting the Vietnam War. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, so like, yeah. We used to say, oh, look, it wiped out all these mosquitoes. And now you've got these super mosquitoes that are little mighty mouse that are impossible to kill. Yeah. You've created God, this yeah, within one generation. So you've awful. created this yeah. problem, right? And we're making things advance faster and faster. Yeah. Um, I got a funny one for you. Uh, one, of my, one of my good friends in college, um, he, uh, when he, when he, so he's a huge flag waving pinko liberal hippie you know what i mean like doesn't wear yeah. shoes like smoke a cigarette then feel guilty and put keep in his pocket all day because he's afraid of littering yeah he's a lovely complicated machine i love the guy right? yeah so when we graduated college uh he got a job at the nih how far behind you know, mm-hmm. you're saying how far and the nih is finally doing work that i read and i'm like okay this is finally good right yeah and uh so when you're fresh out of college you're the lowest one on the totem pole so they're they're portioning out projects who gets this who gets that so he got anthrax because it's the department nobody else wanted, right? So like, he's like, okay, last one on the list is an anthrax. Where's the new guy? New guy. That's you. And he's like, what? And yeah. so he starts studying anthrax. And he was saying, same thing. He's like, we would play with certain particles and molecules. And nobody's thought about anthrax for decades, right? We these particles and molecules that we break for lunch and come back and they mutated twice. It's like, yikes. That's yeah. going to take a few generations. Well, this is, this is what gets you into working on evolution, right? If you work with bacteria in the lab and you watch them, all you got to do is watch some bacteria on a plate don't even do anything sophisticated. You see immediately that, oh, wow, holy cow, they can... That's what he said. They can evolve. That's like when I started... no get, tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. How are they doing that? Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. what, us eight generations of breeding and creating new <laughs> immunities? Like, you can't have... That's what he told me. And that's when I started getting interested with it. blew my mind. Where he's like, I'm eating a sandwich, watching it, like you said, unsophisticated. Yeah. Just put it in a dish and watch what happens. And like, yeah. oh, no. Yeah. It's already evolved this much faster than we have, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like a, yeah, it's like a sci-fi episode, right? Yeah, it's and, crazy. And so... um. So as he so as he's researching all this and stuff like that, all all of a sudden you remember uh, out of nowhere, you know, decades of nobody think about anthrax in, in, unless you're traveling uh, was when the senator started uh, the, the congress congress people started getting the um, uh, anthrax packages in the mail. So no one's <laughs> thought about anthrax for decades. All of a sudden this happens. Yeah. Next thing you know. Uh, 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 Secret Service agents are kicking in his door and they're being like, we heard you're the country's leading authority on anthrax. And he's like, what? I've been, <laughs> I've been here four weeks and I got the crap job nobody wanted. So his mom has New York Times and the Washington Post articles of him being interviewed by like uh, the Defense Department and the, inter- and oh Secretary of the Interior goodness. basically saying, uh, the country's leading expert on anthrax. And so his mom's got it in, in frames. She's like, my son, the country's leading expert on anthrax. The project nobody wanted until, until suddenly it's in the benches. And that's what happens. Suddenly they were like, here's all the money you need for all the fun you need. He's like, right. I don't need anything. It's nothing. You know what I mean, right? Yeah, because it happened, right? Once when they it saw it. And, yeah. But that's too late.
late. And then it's, it's too like, late. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's what you're trying to prevent is that's what you see. Is... Yeah. Like, let's not wait until it's already happened. Right. right? Exactly. Yeah. exactly. But that's actually the control problem at the NIH, right? They, they want to fund what they think they should fund today. Yep. But actually, if you talk to a lot of investigators. Yeah. But, you know, it. if you talk to the actual investigators, the scientists who are doing the work, They'll tell you that, you know, the things that they want to fund are great, mm -hmm. but that's not all that matters. We, mm -hmm. I mean, if you look at all the major discoveries in the past, you know, most of them are really, they were all accidental discoveries yep. where Penicillin, people were working mm -hmm. sort of on basic biological problems, yep. things they found interesting. It's never like, oh, give me the money for cancer, I'm going to cure it, and then somebody went and cured it. That's not how it works, yep. right? But the NIH wants to control that, and so... This Which is, is counterintuitive to what science is, like you said. It's yeah. like this, we were studying this and oh my God, look at this, took yeah. us down a different pathway. So they don't want to fund like a lot of really basic work that we're doing. But then when you do the basic work, you find all these connections to an important problem like right. antibiotic resistance. Yep. And that connection, you know, you can't sell it to them right? Yeah. until you've already found it. Exactly. But then if they don't fund the basic work, you find it? Yeah. then you can't find exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> it's and a catch-22. It's a catch-22. <laughs> and that, that type of thinking means you don't get the massive breakthroughs. No. So it's kind of like Hollywood, basically, like, we will only buy things that we know are proven models that work. It yeah, like and this no is, I mean, it's a huge problem, right, in terms of sort of innovation, too. I mean, so the, again, going back to, you know, what the Gates ended up funding for us, I applied to the NIH to get that funded. And, you know, they score you on different categories, like innovation, significance, you know, how good are you as a person, all that kind of stuff. And for innovation, and, you know, as, as an investigator, I got the top score, right? One is the best, nine is the worst. I got ones on innovation. <laughs> but then my grant didn't even get reviewed. Oh, really? So they, they, they admitted that it was extremely innovative, but then... They're like, what are we going to do? They're like, it? we're not going to fund what this. What are we going to do with this? Because it's ah, too innovative. Exactly. Right? So, oh, that's so brutal. It's really, it's kind of crazy what's happening in there. <laughs> that's not funny. You know, when they do those those uh, those groups, those those focus groups, and they have a they have a, a listing of the top 10 worst focus groups of all time for television shows, mm -hmm. and the top five shows are like Seinfeld, uh, South Park, you know what I mean? Simpsons, yeah, yeah, yeah. which you know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah. all of these things is because, well, there's nothing like it, so why would we want to fund this? And, yeah, you know, and they yeah, all happen exactly. on accident. Yeah, it's just like oh, Seinfeld, amazing. right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's like an episode. Yeah. Show about nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Bill Gates came to our show one time. Yeah. He was in the crowd, yeah. yeah. Bought, everyone, oh, really? yeah bought everyone around him a round of drinks. Oh, my. <laughs> Everyone's like, hey, that. my updates are not, here's a drink. Ah, Bill Gates is cool. People <laughs> <laughs> change their perceptions Yeah, quickly. there you go. Yeah, <laughs> do you, cool do you get people contacting you, though, for... I don't know, because the next phase is people always, if they find something that's innovative and finding that they see has value, the next phase is people want to try to find how to monetize. Mm -hmm. Have you seen people starting to kind of dip their fingers and say, what can... Well, this is going to sound crazy, but the first question ever that I got when I stepped into the Gates Foundation that they, um, you know, I, I presented to them, the first question to ask me is, are you going to start a company? <laughs> Yeah. What? Yeah. I haven't even thought about I know, that. Right? Yeah. Um, but no, I absolutely. And and, and then, you know, the university of course is gets real, they got really excited about the whole thing and the potential and so they're very much into protecting the IP and good, good, good. um all of that kind of stuff. So um so yeah, definitely that's where it goes. But the the great thing about the Gates Foundation is really they want to get this stuff to the poor people. Oh yeah. Um yeah. and so this is what's motivating me right now to sort of um, try and get to the goal of, you know, finding the drugs and all of that, because I know that their goal is not to make money, but yeah. to get it out. That's what I was curious. They're and way more interested in that. They're yeah. actually, they actually want to do that. And yeah. so, Purposeful. um, once you see that, it's sort of really exciting. It's like, it's, oh, wow, there are people that really care sincere. and really want to do this. And, you know, it's worth my effort because it's hopefully going to go You've somewhere. You've got a good team that's genuinely yeah. wants to exactly. take it to the, yeah. the, the proper conclusion. Right. Not uh, not not uh, goons in black suits like Gattaca. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Evil. Yeah. Evil wanna, scientists. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can we, what can we inject to make my baby six I mean, inches you know, taller? There's nothing wrong in sort of making money out of this stuff too, but, you know, that's not the primary goal here at yeah. all. So. Yeah. <laughs> If you can get some cash on the I mean, let me yeah. tell you, if you want to make money, you don't become a scientist, right? right. <laughs> it is not, that is not what's happening here. <laughs> well, what I'm curious, one of your innovations, how about how they travel on, uh, some things run perpendicularly. Uh, the yeah, the machine. two machines. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then is that is that something that had been previously known about for a while? Um, so a few asked, I mean, it was a, more of a concept and there were some studies on it, but, you know, there were a couple of really key things that, you know, we didn't know about and 
um, I happened to find one of those things about, you know, directionality of the two machines working on DNA. And, um, you know, so that was sort of new. And then the the angle that really was very innovative in some ways was figuring out that the so these collisions that happen they can happen in two different ways and in one case it's like you know a rear ending sort of by one machine um, the other and in another case it's a head-on collision basically so it's just like a car crash right, right? Um, so when those DNA collisions happen does that when genes express themselves negatively or is it not necessarily uh, so this is when so the directionality of the collision sort of determines the severity of the collision okay and the collision can become deadly okay um, so actually we just recently published a paper showing you know how that might happen um, but what we found was that the directionality of the collision not only has different outcomes, but also um, you know, different outcomes for how the cells replicate their DNA and their inability to complete that replication process because of the collision, but also sort of that it, it influences evolution. Because then so, the next, it's almost like a, tr a tr crash on the freeway. Then that other cars have to find a way to go around, or and they don't have ways to go around. No you have way. to replicate it has to that. Go down that yeah, pathway. Oh, so that pathway is not down. screwed. Oh, yeah, yeah, and and so then the other thing that happens is, as an outcome of that, you get mutations in the DNA. So. Interesting, because they've been noticing the same thing with the, with the brain chemistry. So humor and depression apparently do the same thing; they follow the same parallels. Mm -hmm. So that's why you see so many comedians with massive depression and vice versa. Oh yeah, yeah. Where, where certain things trigger, like you know, they say joy comes from pain and these types of things. We're now sort of like bipolar disorder too, yeah, right? And exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Under, although it's very highly manifested in certain, like Jonathan Winters yeah. or Robin Williams or certain yeah, types. Yeah, it's, it's, it's correlative at the moment, but there's very compelling sort of evidence. Exactly, and now they're starting to actually. Yeah. Well, once you acknowledge, first you have to acknowledge the. Problem. The new science <laughs> yeah. is first you have to acknowledge, right? Here's something we should be investigating. Here's something we should be studying. Now yeah. we can actually be like, oh, yeah. Look, the way no, it's, it's very out. interesting. That stuff is uh, super cool. I don't know how much is being done on that. But. I'll bet a lot. Of, I'll bet a lot of components within the body, enzymatically, who knows, uh, happen the same way. Yeah. And you just you just found one for frontier that maybe have gotten overlooked and applies in some way. Yeah, I mean, we're just looking at a very very basic level in the cell, and you know, the downstream effects of that. You know, it can affect transcription, so then the expression of the genes, which then can affect you know in a human body. So what we study in bacterial cells is basically conserved. Yeah. Um, almost completely to some degree, uh, in human cells yeah yeah and in fact this recent discovery i just mentioned um that was found that we actually published with another group side by side in the same journal um where they found the same exact concept in human cells and we found it in bacteria and it was like whoa Big it's surprise. exactly the Big same surprise. right yeah, yeah. um so that that's really cool but then the downstream effects of that in humans of course can tie into you know uh how it manifests in the brain maybe mm -hmm. something else or you know Depends. Yeah. So it sounds like you've been lucky in how you've had great teams surrounding you. Gates Foundation, you've been you've had a good production, but have you had resistance? One, because like you said, anything innovative is going to get massive amounts of resistance, right? Oh, absolutely. Right. Yeah. So that's a no-brainer, right? Mm -hmm. Do you? And it's harder to gauge, and it's it's something that people kind of sh shut off. But uh, uh, the nature of being a woman in a field that's predominantly male. Yeah. Did you have you noticed some? Uh, I don't know pushback from that in as well, or was it or is it more behind the behind the surface? Um, it's definitely there. Um, it's more subtle. Mm -hmm. It's, well, let me rephrase. It's not subtle. The right. outcome is not subtle, right, right. but it's hard to pinpoint. Exactly. Because um, nobody's directly saying, I don't care for you because No, why? no. Everybody says they're great and, you know, and there, there's like no like sexism and everybody's, yeah. you know, but this is just not the case. And really you don't see it until it happens to you. And so I think exactly. as a woman, maybe, you know. Uh, I got lucky yeah. that I got to experience. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so you I know, know it's, it's there. there. You know it's there. Exactly. <laughs> when I try to, I try to explain that to uh, to my friends who are because I'm half, I'm mixed race, right? Who are 100 yeah. Caucasian. Mm -hmm. Where I'm like, I never say that I've experienced racism because I have so many friends of mine that that you know that are black, Hispanic, and everything else yeah. that have. They go like, man, I get it so often that it's you just kind of like it's just kind of a thing, right? Yeah. So, but working with 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 groups of physicians and things like that, there'll be one guy that just doesn't care for me. And yeah. goes out of his way. And I'm a man. I understand how men work, right? Mm -hmm. And so the language they use is threatening. And also, they don't know I have a background in comedy. Yeah. And so I'll immediately begin to attack him. Because you know how doctors are, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'll begin to rip them apart because I understand how men work. So now, nine men are laughing at one man. Mm -hmm. So I basically just publicly humiliated him, right? Mm -hmm. And I was like, I didn't start this fight, man. You did. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you've been rude to me for the second I got here, for the past three weeks that I've been here. I mean, it's, you know, this is sort of like easy to um, deal with personal 
conflicts, right? Right, right. It's sort of when it's at an institutional level, there's a problem. I mean, thankfully, my institution is not really where I've experienced this, but um, I I tried to do some work for another institution, which I won't name. um, But there, there was just serious problems, right? To the point where I had to step down and say, I'm not going to do this. Structurally, Um, Yeah, structurally. I mean, there was a clear preference and bias against women and preference um, for the senior men. And, you know, and in fact, like, you know, I have a family, I have kids and, you know, I needed to sort of bring them along with what I was doing. And well, like you said, it was not a priority. They were yeah. more concerned with quite literally giving the senior male his coffee maker than, than, than <laughs> giving a, me a place for my kids. A, yeah. And yeah. so then, you know, the I had to walk away that. from that. Yeah. And you can't really complain about it. It sort of goes on because there's well, like you said, so it's hard to pinpoint. many. You can't put it on paper. Well, so. I mean, in this case, I almost could, but you know, it's, it's, there's so many political problems behind um, behind that. what's yeah. happening. There's really no protection uh, for your career, and so then people experience these things, but then they don't. What are you going to do about? They it? can't just, do anything about yep, it. I mean, yep. I am one of those people that would go out of their way to try to do things right. like that, right, and fix it, and. And I couldn't. I really right. just could not think of a safe way to deal with this problem. Exactly. So, so. that's that's exactly it. A safe way. So like that. So that guy basically I punked him because I know men work. Yeah. Right? So now the nine other guys there love me, right? Mm-hmm. And so so he comes in. They would they, he would make comments, and I immediately twisted on him mm-hmm. until suddenly now he's got a new nickname, <laughs> a demeaning <laughs> nickname that I gave him. I'm like, your fault, man. Your fault, right? Yeah. Right. I went and did another talk for another ten doctors, and the second I got there was basically ten of him. Mm-hmm. That's when I was like, oh, there's an institutional thing. So yeah, me right. as a man, even mm-hmm. I see it. Right? I'm like, no. So you structurally have an institutionalized preset notion. Why did you hire me? Why did mm-hmm. you bring me here if mm-hmm. nobody here cares to listen? So over there, it was nine to one. Here it was one to nine. Mm-hmm. And so I could see from those two different Yeah, clinics, so it comes from the top, right? It comes I mean, from the top. And, and this is, I mean, and there's no bias. There's no gender. There's no this. I was like, this is apples to apples. I mm-hmm. was like, if somebody said my cousin got cancer, I go, go here. Go yeah. here. Do not go here. Right, you know right. I mean? yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that's when it gets hard to, to, to gauge. Yeah. The I don't know if you saw the, 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 the Google employee memo about how. Um, I think I did. Now you have to remind me. Well, people, people always, always, if they're, they, they, they like to turn a, a small Kindle into a giant fire. Yeah. And, and some of the point, and again, you can debate all the points left and right, but there is a, a lack of, like you said, interest from women in certain fields. So there's certain areas that actually genuinely would like to see more women involved in certain fields and, and changing the paradigm and changing the shift. Well, so, I mean, the thing is, is there's, there's not a lack of interest, right? It's just a sort of a lack of opportunity and support and the idea that, ways in, right? yeah, that the, you can't make it as a woman, right? Yeah. And, and people drop out in the pipeline and you can see it in the numbers. It's really obvious in graduate school. It's 50, 50 male to female postdoc it's a little less and then you know when you get to the faculty especially tenured faculty level it's completely it gone. starts to show a pattern so, yeah like a so, so then where is this coming from and yeah. a lot of people are working on this it's a really complicated problem but um it's almost like you have to work twice as hard to get you the do same. i mean you do have to you know you, you do have to you know carry a child if you right. want to have children right um and that does have physical strains yeah you can't ignore it right yeah. so then that requires some support and if you don't give that to people and they can't do it right, right i mean right. that's just one small aspect of all the whole thing um but it but it's a big overriding factor yeah. because it's something again just like we we're talking about say it, you have to acknowledge first yeah that this is something that needs to be addressed otherwise you right and i mean it's just it. sort of cultural still you know the the older people still have a certain point of view and as as a woman you know another issue you know that i've faced is sort of um I, i'm not afraid to go out and express my opinions and you know put out sort of a, a strong um opinion about some scientific problem mm-hmm. and you know men do this all the time too but then when it's a female i've noticed i end up getting a lot of <laughs> you know maybe you should tone down your oh yeah yeah you know it's like why should i to- if, tone this down if you know you're exhibiting <laughs> stereotypical male uh, uh personality yeah. traits they're like whoa what yeah do you, do? you like, need wait to wait a minute i mean i've been told i've been pulled aside and too, told yeah. and it's like well, I've never seen that or heard about this happening to a guy, right. but I've heard about it happening to not just time, me, other women too. And as 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 a brilliant scientist, I think, why are you talking to me like a child? Why did you pull me aside like a child? You know yeah, what I mean? It's almost yeah, that as it's well. It's just crazy. I mean, so that stuff you can't. But I think the new generation is, you know, much better, and it's really just going to take 
the change of you know the old people dying and the new people coming in. The and, new perspective. Yeah, both the for, you know from the scientific perspective and also just kind yeah. of cultural problems. There was a video where they showed uh, people to go like um, they just get you know those those focus groups of people like show me how uh, throw throw a ball like a girl and everyone starts flailing their arms, men and women, <laughs> FLH, you know what I mean, like yeah. flailing their arms, right? And they go like show me uh, how does a girl run yeah. and men and women like every age category yeah. are just are just flopping around and just <laughs> very stereotypical like very effeminate you know what I mean arm yeah. flailing. Yeah. And things yeah. like that so then they go to like seven eight-year-old girls like show me how a girl throws a ball and she pulls in like a pitcher she brings up her dominant leg and then throws her whole body forward and you're like oh oh my right <laughs> they bring in another girl it's like show me how a, show me how a girl runs and it's like eight-year-old girl suddenly her stone face and she starts sprinting at full yeah, speed yeah, and, yeah. Right? and so like they haven't been exposed to that you know what I mean? That that we wouldn't like to admit it's there, but they haven't exposed the to that, bias. The yeah. bias of here's where it's supposed. Here's what you should expect. Here's where yeah. it's supposed to be. And the same with races, right? When races the, the same. The kids, way. the kids don't see that stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> unless yeah. you tell them. <laughs> unless you tell them, like, did you not know? Yeah, yeah. it's it's not a learned behavior. It's no. a learned behavior. I mean, it yeah. is. A, yeah, yeah, it's totally learned behavior. And it's uh, and then they show these girls at fourteen and fifteen that here's these girls eight or nine and the 14, 15 year olds were like, Oh my God. You know what I mean? Cause like, I wasn't that far along ago right there. How did I suddenly shift to that? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it's all of these problems. I think the common issue uh, at the base of all of this is not appreciating diversity. Right. It's like having a female perspective on a scientific problem and a male perspective at the same time is much stronger than just a male perspective. Mm -hmm. And we can't deny that. Um, women and men have different perspectives. Yeah. Right. We have different perspectives, but they're both good yep. and together better. And it's and the all, same with races. Yeah. And acknowledging that, that conf- and, and instead of forcing people, you know what I mean? Forcing people like, well, you have to hire this many minorities, this many women, you should want to have a diverse group to get all those perspectives as possible. Yeah. The best innovations come from conflict. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. You want you want the different you sort want of all opinions. These I mean, it's like we always say, right? The best postdocs that you can have we in your lab yeah. are the ones that argue with you. Yeah, yeah. You don't want the ones that just listen to you. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you want the ones that exactly. challenge you. I mean, we the Beatles fought nonstop. They couldn't even agree on an album cover. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. why the White Album was just they got tired of fighting. They're, They're like, like, it's been three weeks. The album's got to go out. I'm done arguing with you. My yeah. best friend in the world. I'm done arguing with you. Let's just make it white. Nobody yeah. says anything. And now it's classic. The White Album's like a vintage, right? And, and uh, Monty Python always at each other's throats, nonstop <laughs> at each other's throats. And so they like the um, you you love Monty Python? I don't love it, but my but husband know, does. Okay, so Chris, so I know a lot. Chris will love this. Then, <laughs> I know a lot of. The okay, quotes. you know all of it. Then one of the most famous ones is the um, where he gets frustrated and furious, and he's like, you know what? Forget this. I've never even wanted to do this. I wanted to be a lumberjack. And then he sings a song about being a lumberjack, right? That's what happened. They were up until 2 a.m. Uh-huh. fighting, arguing, like mad at each other. Nobody wants to talk. And it's like, oh my God, we got to go to air in like six hours. We have to write something. Yeah. I didn't even want to be a part of a television comedy troupe. I just wanted to be a lumberjack. And everyone starts dying laughing. <laughs> and that it came from conflict. You know what I mean? Like, all Yeah, these... well, we don't learn from history though. Like if you pay right. attention to you, how, oh, how, did, yeah. how did these amazing things get created? It's like, hey, by accident, yeah. by conflict. Penicillin. Yeah, radium, I mean, like, all, all these... this stuff, you know, that that's how things work but we don't learn from history and that's funny like all these major innovations that we have now all came from accidents all came from <laughs> yeah, yeah you know? exactly that's what i'm saying yeah <laughs> what uh what would be your ideal circumstance you know everyone's like a five-year plan i've never been a believer in that right but if you could see the 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 way things move because again you have no idea you could fall upon a discovery that pff, Changes I mean, shift. it's just so unpredictable. And it's that's so the one thing about this job is it's, it's a crazy job that, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I my research group runs on grants. And, you know, whether I have grants in a year or not, I really don't know. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, you apply for all these things and there are different opportunities and it could all work out and I could keep going and then have a crazy discovery and then like five years you know, do something amazing for the world or next year I may not get funded and have to close my research. Exactly. I mean, it's crazy. It's crazy. Right. On that razor's edge of even basic funding. Right. And it's really sort of uh, bad for the mental state, right, of of the scientists. Because it's like all I'm doing is really worrying about the future and spending my time writing grants instead of doing the science. Yeah. Right? You're here to do science, but you're not doing science. All you're doing is trying to get funding. That's so funny. um, And fighting to get funding. And it's it's just crazy. That's a catch-22 too. You can't do the job because you have to do all this. No. I mean, I had quite a literal sort of 
thing happened to me where I, I submitted two different applications to the NIH. Um, in one case, they said, you know, one of the comments why they didn't think they should fund me was that I had too much NIH money. And then the next round I applied, and the comment why they shouldn't fund me this time was I don't have enough prior NIH funding. Oh, my goodness. It's like, wait, so you don't <laughs> want to fund me? Cause I, so, you know, I mean, it's just crazy. So, I mean, the, the ideal situation, I mean, they're talking about, you know, capping sort of the funding for older people and i mean making it more available to a yeah because you know what happens is you know there's sort of these small study sections where you put in a bunch of proposals and um from different people and they have to fund what's most likely to be successful right and so what's most likely to be successful what's worked in the past yeah the guy that's been around for like 30 years and it all gets eaten up right so then they end up with a lot more money than everybody else um and so there should be some cap on that yeah right probably um and, you know, there's certain things that they could put more weight on, like, you know, previous history of like what you've done. Have you been really productive and have you had really innovative work? Mm-hmm. You know, that should be maybe weighted more than what you have to write in your proposal, because in these proposals, they ask you to explain what you're going to do exactly in the next five years. Right. But you can't. Yeah, how? Because exactly. the next experiment exactly. might are, change everything. Are you going to take away all my Bunsen burners next month? <laughs> no, <laughs> but it's like you can't yeah, predict exactly. it. Right? They're the next discovery. you to do something ridiculous, yeah, yeah, which is yeah. predict exactly what you're going to do in the next five years. Yeah. Um, and so, one discovery can change the course of everything else into a new direction. Yeah, so you, know, oh, you have man. to look at what has this person done, you know, that's one thing, you know. Do they have a track record of showing? Yeah, the track record should be really important. Yeah. Um, you know, of course, and, and they shouldn't decide what topic is important. Right, right. This is my point. Is, yeah. you know, let's find out what's important. You yeah. tell me. Let's let's. And then if you get, you know, and... you get reviewers, right? You get like specific. You get three reviewers that review your proposal, and if they don't like your model, oh, yeah, they're yeah. like, I don't like this model. Yeah, I, I've had this where it's like. I just don't like this. I, I, this doesn't agree with what I know. Yeah. I've gotten comments like... Irrelevant. Um, if this was really a thing, it would have been discovered already. That's so stupid. And I was yeah. like, what? That's, that's absurd. <laughs> what, that is so absurd. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if, so was, if this is so important, no, someone it, else would have discovered quite it. Quite literally, that that's, what, that's yeah. what they've written in this. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, I mean, I think the system just needs to change. For sure, we need more funding so that there shouldn't be so much competition, right? I mean, the funding rate used to be like 50%. That is, Back yeah. in the day, right? Yeah. One out of two got funded. Now it's like six percentile i mean 94 percent of the applications going in is not getting funded i mean then it just creates this really rough environment where people don't want to fund each other and the competitors get really crazy and people get emotional and it's just like this crazy environment (laughs) that's bizarre yeah so i mean yeah i think most people (laughs) would never see that level of it because we we just see the lab work we just see yeah you just see sort of the produced papers it's the iceberg you know it's the iceberg where you see the top and what happens at the bottom of you know underneath the water is just crazy how soul crushing yeah Yeah. it's like it's like a it's like an ignorant yelp review i've been to restaurants where they said food was amazing you know what i mean like had a blast bathroom was a little dirty one star like what oh that is (laughs) it is i mean so you ask about five years you know i mean in an ideal world um you really do have to be excited and you really do have to you have to keep your you have to be extremely resilient yeah um to people and their emotional responses and sort of religious views on how things work and um and it's really hard because those people are in in charge yeah right and so um so we'll see i mean it's totally unpredictable i mean i just sort of keep going and you just try to do what you want to do and hopefully get the funding and it's unpredictable um but ultimately you know when you do this job you do it because or you should do it because you can't do anything else right if there's anything else you can do that will make you happy that's what you should do. yeah exactly this is what i tell all the people that i I advise people that are successful (laughs) would not go through the grind if there wasn't the enthusiasm for no you have to love it absolutely love it to be able to deal with all the problems oh yeah um and it's quite stressful but you know it's also really exciting to find something and be able to, you know, come up with an idea and then act on it. Right. You know, and so, the discoveries that you've already have made that are unique and are now getting recognized. It's a, yeah, and it, it takes a while. I mean, the stuff we've put out, you know, I mean, I, I've been told by people that you just have to wait for the old generation to die out. And 
that's when the new ideas will be accepted. So yeah, I, I yeah. mean, that, maybe that's what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, well, just like anything else, you make enough new discoveries pretty soon. You're forced to the bargaining table. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're, they're forced <laughs> yeah. to negotiate. They're like, yeah. So, okay, listen. You know, at first they ignore you. <laughs> yeah, and exactly. Then, like <laughs> now we have a seat at the table. Yeah. <laughs> would you, would you like it yeah. reluctantly? <laughs> so, you know, being sort of, uh, about six years in now in, in my own lab, um, I'm sort of getting to the point of now they can't ignore me. Exactly. It's just big news. <laughs> but they great. don't have to accept it. They don't have to. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <Ever>. Right. <laughs> so we'll see what happens. But uh, yeah, I'm pretty excited about what we're doing. So Well, I, uh, as you know, the show is called Everything You Know Is Wrong. Yeah, right? that's right. <laughs> right. So as we talked about a lot of these things that are notions that people may not have had. But is there something that, that people just have a certain perspective of that you're like, that is just not... That is just not the way it is, not the case. Oh, boy. I haven't thought about this. Maybe I, I should have thought it's about this. It's a hard this. one. Yeah, yeah, this is a hard one. It's um, a hard one to just pull up. But. The question is, you know, whose perspective am I really thinking about here? Um, everything you know is wrong. About, uh, you know. I guess it's usually it's usually a misperception. You know what I mean? Like I always I always use basic ones like uh, uh, the 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 British the British inch and the uh, the French I think it's plus or whatever was mm-hmm. was it was a different uh, designation. Mm-hmm. So when they said this guy Napoleon's conquering all of Europe mm-hmm. and they go how tall is he? They're like five one. Like what? <laughs> this guy? Because the measurements were off and it turns out he was closer to like five seven. You know what I mean? Five eight, which is average yeah. height at the time. But all of a sudden, of course, now you can minimize and diminish, right? Yeah. So I mean, I guess what well, you can be. Sure sure of i think that people probably don't realize is you know you can be a young um female who you know wears skirts and still have amazing ideas that can challenge the old oh that's a good white guys which are there at the top if you really look at who's there that's who's there Mm -hmm. and you can challenge them and you know eventually fight the battle and i think people and it's more of a system because yeah. i see the same thing from yeah. indian doctors that yeah. are just built in the structures so yeah. it's so it's so it, 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 it's beyond race it's those structural yeah. institutional things we talked about are just in place and have been entrenched there for decades yeah that's hard to transfer over and it's hard to give up power yeah so, i mean and this is this is what i tell um young people and i've mm-hmm. been told that this you know this is what um they sort of find really inspiring when they see me give talks or whatever is 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 to sort of just be feminine be young and not try to be like the guys because mm-hmm. this is what people speaking your voice speaking your yeah, voice, and, yeah and they thought you know that's not possible and mm-hmm. so i've been approached by you know really cool young students you know young females saying wow like you really inspired us like i feel like i could i can do this too yeah. like yeah and so that's you know what they know about what's possible is probably wrong. It's amazing what an impact there is. There's yeah. a there's a picture that's been circulating around about this um, well known wrestler in the WWE. And now women's wrestling used to be like a sideshow. Used to be like model women that just mm-hmm. punch each other around. Mm-hmm. Now it's high level technical that's wrestling right. from very impressive athletes, right? right? And so and they all get along. So they they play enemies on TV, but they train together, right? That's right. So it's very highly professional. So there's a picture of her meeting her idol crying. As the idol's like hugging her and writing yeah. picture, and now she's a WWE champ. You know yeah. what I mean? Like you see the progression of how that yeah. that impact of like I can do this. I can't just you know what I mean. I don't have to just wear lipstick and parade around and get punched once in a while. I can actually like go to a gym and train. And yeah, yeah, exactly. So the possibility of the stuff happening is there, and that, that's that's what you know. I would say is uh, the wrong perception. That's perfect. Yeah, that's exciting. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming. Yeah. No, it's been great. Yeah. Very fun. You sure. Yeah. Okay. Good. Because <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> Well, I yeah. don't either. So. Yeah, perfect. None of us do, really. None of us knows what's going on. We and, none of us and have as the my answers. advisor told me once, you know, if you think you know what you're doing, you still don't know that's, what you're doing. That's, that even tell, that, that's how it's clear. That, that's right. Yeah, well, no, thank you for coming. Great. Yeah. It's good to see you. Thank okay. you. I don't know how to end these, so this is how we end them. Okay. <laughs> well, I hope you enjoyed that. If you enjoyed that uh, and would like to learn more about Professor Marie and her research, uh, I will give you her personal phone number. I'm kidding, Hura. Uh, but if you, truly, if you really are interested in immunology and the implications for the future um, and how to protect yourself, by all means, reach out and I'm happy to walk you through it. I uh, hope you enjoyed. That's all I got. you know is wrong should be listened to for entertainment purposes only. Although some guests on the show are medical doctors, most are not, and the host is barely even a person. Nothing you hear on this podcast or read on our website should be considered medical advice. Consult your doctor and use common sense before doing anything you might think have a lasting effect on your body, mind, and spirit.